بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على من كان نبيا وآدم بين الماء والطين صلوات الله وسلامه على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وبعد رب يسر ولا تعسر وتمن بالخير وبك نستعين يا فتاح رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل لقطة من لساني يفقه قولي رب زدني علما والحقني بالصالحين سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم سبحانك لا فهم لنا إلا ما فهمت لنا إنك أنت الجواد الكريم My dear respected elders, brothers and sisters in Islam Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh by the grace and mercy of Allah, we have already learned the factual identity of Isa alayhi salam. His purpose, teachings, and mission in the utmost clearest manner possible. Without streaks or smudges in the light of the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By dispelling the falsehood in these two categories, we move forth seeking clarity in an additional field of confusion and corruption. And that is his life and his death. Or as Muslims believe, his life and ascension awaiting his death. The story during his life is less controversial, yet the beginning and certainly the end portion of it is greatly contradictive between the different faiths. Today, I intend to shed light on this chapter of our series. First from the Quranic perspective and next week providing from the biblical wordings. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us to clarity and truth and protect all of humanity from utterance and belief in falsehood and fabrication. Ameen, Rabbil Alameen. My dear friends, Allah the Almighty said, Allah chose Adam, Noah, the family of Abraham, and the family of Imran above the Alameen, i.e. above mankind in jinn of their time. Offspring one of the other, and Allah is all here and all nor. In chapter number 3, verse number 33 to 37, Allah subhanahu wa states, Remember when the wife of Imran said, O oh my Lord, I have vowed to you what is in my womb, the child, to be dedicated for your services, i.e. free from all worldly work to serve you and to serve your place of worship. So accept this from me. Verily you are the all-here and all-knowing. Then when she delivered her, the baby, i.e. Maryam alayhi salam, she said, O oh my Lord, I have delivered a female child. Wallahu a'lamu bima wadat, and Allah knew better what she delivered. Wa and the male is not like the female. And I have named her Mary, and I seek refuge with you, Allah, for her and for her offspring from shaitan, the outcast. 
فَتَقَبَّلَهَا رَبُّهَا بِقَبُولٍ حَسَنٍ So her Lord Allah accepted her with goodly acceptance. He made her grow in a good manner and put her under the care of Zakariya. كُلَّمَا دَخَلَ عَلَيْهَا زَكَرِيَّ الْمِحْرَابِ Every time he entered the mihrab, the praying place or the private room of Maryam alayhi salam, وَجَدَ عِنْدَهَا رِزْقًا He found her supplied with sustenance. He said, يَا مَرْيَمُ أَنَّا لَكِ هَذَا O Maryam, from where have you got this? She said, هُوَ مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ This is all from Allah. Verily Allah provides sustenance to whom He wills without limits. Allah declared that He had elected Adam السلام, and the elite of his offspring who obey Allah. Then He specified the family of Abraham السلام, which includes the son of Ismail and the family of Imran, the father of Maryam Muhammad ibn Ishaq states that he was Imran bin Bashim, bin Amun, bin Misha, Ibn Husqiyah, Ibn Ahriq, Ibn Mutham, Ibn Azaziyah, Ibn Amisa, Ibn Yamish, Ibn Ahriu, Ibn Yazim, Ibn Yahfashat, Ibn Isha, Ibn Ilyam, Ibn Rahbam, Ibn Dawood Prophet Zakariya's wife's sister had a daughter named Hannah. She was married to Imran, a leader of the Israelites. For many years, the couple remained childless. Whenever Hannah saw another woman with a child, her longing for a baby increased. Although years had passed, she never lost hope. She believed that one day Allah would bless her with a child on whom she would shower all her motherly love. She turned to Allah, the Lord of the heavens and the earth, and pleaded with Him for a child. She would offer the child in the service of Allah's house in the temple of Jerusalem. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted her her request. When she learned that she was pregnant, she was the happiest woman alive and thanked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his gift. Her overjoyed husband Imran also thanked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his mercy. However, while she was pregnant, her husband passed away. Hana wept bitterly. Alas, Imran did not live to see their child for whom they had so longed. She gave birth to a girl and again turned to Allah in prayer. O my Lord, I have delivered a female child and the male is not like the female. And I have named her Mary and I seek refuge with you Allah for her and her offspring from shaitan the outcast. Hannah had a big problem in reference to her promise to Allah. For females were not accepted into the temple. And she was very worried. Her sister's husband, Zakariya, comforted her, saying that Allah knew best what she had delivered and appreciated fully what she had offered in his service. She wrapped the baby in a shawl, handed it over to the temple elders. As the baby was a girl, the question of her guardianship posed a problem for the elders. This was a child of their late and beloved leader, and everyone was eager to take care of her. Zakaria said to the elders, I am the husband of her maternal aunt and her nearest relation in the temple. 
Therefore, I will be more mindful of her than all of you. As it was their custom to draw lots to solve arguments and disagreements, they followed this course. Each one was given a reed to throw into the river. They had agreed that whoever's reed remained afloat would be granted guardianship of the girl. All the reeds sank to the bottom except Zakaria With this sign, they all surrendered to the will of Allah and made him her guardian. To ensure that no one had access to Maryam salam, Zakaria built a special room for her in the temple. As she grew up, she spent her time in devotion to Allah. Zakaria salam visited her daily to see to her needs. And so it continued for many years. One day, he was surprised to find fresh fruit, which was out of the season in her room. As he was the only person who could enter her room, he asked her how the fruit got there. She replied, up front, bluntly, without hesitation, that these provisions were from Allah as he gives to whom he wills. Zakaria understood that by this, Allah had raised Maryam status above all that of other women. Thereafter, Zakaria spent more time with her, teaching and guiding her. Maryam grew to be a devotee of Allah, glorifying him day and night. Ali ibn, Ali, uh, Ali ibn, Ab, uh, Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu ta'ala narrates that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said the best of the world's women is Maryam salam in her lifetime and the best of the world's women is Khadija radiallahu anha in her lifetime Hadith of Bukhari Abu Musa al-Ash'ari Radiallahu also narrated that Rasulullah said, Many amongst men attain perfection, but among women none attain perfection except Mary, the daughter of Imran, and Asiya, the wife of Pharaoh. And the superiority of Aisha to the other women is like the superiority of Tharid. It's an Arabic dish to other meals. It's a traditional Arabic dish, considered one of the top. While Maryam Maryam was praying in her temple, an angel in the form of a man appeared before her. Filled with terror, she tried to flee, praying, Verily I seek refuge with the most beneficent from you, if you do fear Allah. The angel said, That I am only a messenger from your Lord, to announce to you the gift of a righteous son. She was astonished. How can I have a son when no man has touched me, nor am I unchaste? He said, so it will be, your Lord said. This is easy for me. This is easy for me. Allah is saying, this is easy for me. And we wish to appoint him as a sign to mankind and a mercy from us. And it is a matter already decreed by Allah. Surah number 19, 
verse number 18 to 21. The angel's visit caused Maryam alayhassam great anxiety, which increased as the months went by. How could she face giving birth to a child without having a husband? Later, she felt life kicking inside her. With a heavy heart, she left the temple and went to Nazareth, the city in which she had been born, where she settled in a simple farmhouse to avoid the public. But fear and anxiety did not leave her. She was from a noble and pious family. Her father had not been an evil man, nor was her mother an impure woman. How could she prevent tongues from wagging about her honor? After some months, she could not bear the mental strain any longer. Burdened with a heavy womb, she left Nazareth, not knowing where to go to be away from this depressing atmosphere. She had not gone far when she was overtaken by the pains of childbirth. She sat down against a dry palm tree, and here she gave birth to a son. Looking at her beautiful baby, she was hurt that she had brought him into the world without a father. She exclaimed, I wish I had died before this happened and had vanished into nothingness. Suddenly she heard a voice nearby. Grieve not, your Lord has placed a rivulet below, and shake the trunk of this tree from which ripe dates will fall. Fakuli washrabi wa qarri aina, eat and drink and regain the strength you have lost, and be of good cheer. When you see what you see is the power of Allah, who made the dry palm tree regain life in order to provide food for you. For a while she was comforted by Allah's miracle, for it was a sure sign of her innocence and purity. She decided to return to the city. However, her fears also returned. What was she going to tell the people? The baby began to speak. If you meet any person, say, I have vowed to fast for the beneficent and may not speak to any human today. With this miracle, Maryam felt ease. As she had expected, her arrival in the city with a newborn baby in her arms aroused the curiosity of the people. They scolded her. This is a terrible sin you have committed. She put her finger to her lips and pointed to the child. They asked, How can we speak to a newborn baby? To their total amazement, the child began to speak. Not blabber, to speak clearly. Inni abadullah. I am a servant of Allah. I am Allah's servant. Allah has given me the book and he has made me a prophet. And he has blessed me wherever I may be. And he has enjoined on me prayer and almsgiving as long as I live. Allah has made me dutiful towards she who has borne me. He has not made me arrogant nor unblessed.
Peace unto me the day I was born, the day I die, and the day I shall be raised alive. Most of the people at that moment realized that this baby was unique. For if Allah wills something, He merely says, Be, and it happens. Of course, there were some who regarded the baby's speech as a strange trick, but at least Maryam could now stay in Nazareth without being harassed. Such is Jesus, son of Mary, it is a statement of truth about which they doubt or dispute. It befits not the majesty of Allah that he should beget a son. This reference in the Holy Quran to the slander of Christians against Allah by saying that Jesus is the son of Allah, glorified and exalted be he above all that they associate with him. When he decrees the things, he says to it, be and it is. Jesus said, And verily Allah is my Lord and your Lord. Inna Allah rabbi wa rabbakum. Verily Allah is my Lord and your Lord. So worship Him alone. That is the straight path. What straight path? Allah's religion of Islamic monotheism, which He did ordain for all of His prophets. فَاخْتَلَفَ ahzab. Then the sects, the sects differed, the Christians about Jesus. So woe unto the disbelievers. The disbelievers are whom? Those who gave false witnessing, saying that Jesus is the Son of Allah. Woe unto the disbelievers from the meeting of a great day, i.e. the day of resurrection. How clearly will they see and hear the day when they will appear before us, Allah is asking. But the zalimun, the wrongdoers, the polytheists, today are in plain error. And warn them, O Muhammad of the day of grief and regrets, when the case has been decided, while now they are in a state of carelessness, and they believe not. These verses were from Surah number 19. Verse number 16 to 39. It was said that Joseph the carpenter was greatly surprised when he knew the story. So he asked Maryam, السلام, can a tree come to know, sorry, can a tree come to grow without a seed? She said, yes, the one which Allah created for the first time. He asked her again, is it possible to bear a child without a male partner? She said, Yes, Allah created Adam without male or female. It was also said that while pregnant, Maryam went one day to her aunt, who reported that she felt as if she was pregnant. Maryam in turn said that she too was feeling as if she was pregnant. Then her aunt said, I can see what is in my womb prostrating to what is in your womb. Subhanallah. The Jewish priest felt this child, Jesus, السلام, was dangerous. For they felt that the people would turn their worship to Allah, the Almighty, alone, displacing the existence, displacing 
the existing Jewish tenants. Consequently, they would lose their authority over people. It was all about authority and power. Therefore, they kept the miracle of Jesus' speech in infancy as a secret and accused Mary of a great misdeed. As Jesus' peace be upon him grew, the signs of prophethood began to increase. He could tell his friends what kind of supper waited for them at home and what they had hidden and where. When he was 12 years old, he accompanied his mother to Jerusalem. They, there he wandered into a temple and joined a crowd listening to lecture of rabbis. The audience was adults, all adults, but he was not afraid to sit with them. After listening intently, he asked questions and expressed his opinion. The learned rabbis were, disploy, dis, were disturbed by the boy's boldness and puzzling, the puzzling questions that he had asked, for they were unable to answer them. They tried to silence him, but he ignored their attempts and continued to express his views. Jesus grew up to manhood. It was a Sabbath, a day of complete rest. No fire could be lit or extinguished, nor could females plait their hair. Musa had commanded that Saturday be dedicated to the worship of Allah. However, the wisdom behind the Sabbath and the Spirit had gone, and only the letter remained in the hearts of the Jews. They made a hundred things unlawful on Saturday, even self-defense or calling a doctor to save a patient who was in a bad condition. Although the Pharisees were guardians of the law, they were ready to sell it when their interests were involved so as to obtain their personal gains. There was, for example, a rule which prohibited a journey of more than 1,000 yards on the Sabbath day. What do we expect the Pharisees in this case? The day before, they transferred their food and drink from their home 2,000 yards away and erected a temporary house so that, from they, so that from there they could travel a further 1,000 yards on the Sabbath day. Jesus was on his way to the temple. Although it was the Sabbath, he reached out his hand to pick two pieces of fruit to feed a hungry child. This was considered to be a violation of the Sabbath law. He made a fire for an old woman to keep themselves warm from the freezing air. Another violation. He went to the temple and looked around. There were 20,000 Jewish priests registered there who earned their livings from the temple. The rooms of the temple were full with them. Jesus observed that the visitors were much fewer than the priest. Yet the temple was full of sheep and doves which were sold to the people to be offered as sacrifices. Every step in the temple cost the visitor money. They worshipped nothing but money. In the temple, the Pharisees and the Sadducees acted as if it was a marketplace. And these two groups always disagreed on everything. Jesus followed the scene with his eyes and observed that the poor people who could not afford the price of the sheep or dove were swept away like flies by the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Jesus was astonished. What did the priests burn a lot of offspring inside the temple? 
Why did the priests burn a lot of offerings inside the temple while thousands of poor people were hungry outside it? It just didn't make sense. On this blessed night, the two noble prophets, John and Zachariah died. They were killed by the ruling authority. On the same night, the revelation descended upon Jesus Allah subhanahu wa the exalted, commanded him to begin his call to the children of Israel. To Jesus, the life of ease was closed. The page of worship and struggle was now open. Like an opposing force, the message of Jesus came to denounce the practices of the Pharisees and to reinforce the law of Moses In the face of a materialistic age of luxury and worship of gold, Jesus called his people to a nobler life by word and deed. This exemplary life was the only way out of the wretchedness and diseases of his age. Jesus' call from the beginning was marked by its complete uprightness and piety. It appealed to the soul, the inner being, and not be a closed system of rules laid down by society. Jesus continued inviting the people to Almighty Allah. His call was based on the principle that there is no mediation between the Creator and His creation. However, Jesus was in conflict with the Jews' superficial interpretation of the Torah. He said that He did not come to abrogate the Torah, but to complete it by going to the spirit of its substance to arrive at its essence. He made the Jews understand that the Ten Commandments had more value than they imagined. For instance, the Fifth Commandment does not only prohibit physical killing, but all forms of killing, physical, psychological, or spiritual. And the Sixth Commandment, excuse me, does not prohibit adultery only in the sense of unlawful physical contact between a man and a woman, but also prohibits all forms of unlawful relations and acts that may lead to adultery. The eye commits adultery when it looks at anything with passion. Jesus was therefore in confrontation with the materialistic people. He told them to desist from hypocrisy, show, and false praise. There was no need to hoard wealth in this life. They should not preoccupy. They should not preoccupy themselves with the goods of this passing world. Rather, they must preoccupy themselves with the affairs of the coming world because it would be everlasting. Jesus told them that caring for this world is a sin, not fit for the pious worshippers. The disbelievers care for it because they do not know a better way. As for the believers, they know that their sustenance is with Allah. So they trust in Him and scorn this world. Jesus continued to invite people to worship the only Lord, who are who without partner, who is without partner, just as He invited them to purify their heart and soul. As we all know, His teachings annoyed the priests. For every word of Jesus was a threat to them and their position, their power, exposing their misdeeds. 
The Roman occupiers had at first no intention of being involved in the religious discord of the Jews because it was their own internal affair. And they saw that this dispute would distract the Jews from the question of the occupation. However, the priest started to plot against the Jews. The, sorry, the priest began to plot against Jesus salam. They wanted to embarrass him and to prove that he had come to destroy the Mosaic law. The Mosaic law provides that an adulteress be stoned to death. They brought him a Jewish adulteress and asked Jesus does not the law stipulate the stoning of an adulteress? He answered yes. They said this woman is an adulteress. Jesus looked at the woman and then at the priest. He knew that they were more sinful than she. They agreed that she should be killed according to the Mosaic law. And they understood that if he had or if he was going to apply the Mosaic law, he would be destroying his own rules of forgiveness and mercy. So they put him in a very sticky situation. Jesus understood their plan. He smiled and he assented. And I quote his words, Whoever amongst you is sinless can stone her. His voice rose in the middle of the temple, making a new law on adultery for the sinless to judge the sin. There was none eligible. No mortal can judge sin, only Allah the most merciful. As Jesus left the temple, the woman followed, the woman followed him. She took out a bottle of perfume from her garments, knelt before his feet and washed them with the perfume and her tears, and then dried his feet with her hair. Jesus turned to the woman and told her to stand up, adding, O oh Allah, forgive her sins. He let the priest understand that those who call people to Almighty Allah are not those people who call to Almighty Allah are not executioners. He call his call was based on mercy for the people, the aim of all divine calls. <laughs>